0: Welcome to Mercola Healthy Pets Integrative Veterinary Medicine Awareness Week. I'm Dr. Karen Becker, and as a part of our 10-year anniversary celebration, I'll be interviewing some pretty amazing colleagues who practice integrative and functional medicine. Starting this week, you can also nominate your vet or a local rescue or an inspiring individual in your community to be the recipient of our new Healthy Pets Game Changer Award. I hope that you'll tune in every day this week to be inspired and educated by passionate healers from around the world. And don't forget to nominate that special someone that you know that has gone above and beyond to help animals. Again, thank you so much for your support. Hi, I'm Dr. Karen Becker, and joining me today in helping me celebrate Integrative Veterinary Medicine Awareness Week is Dr. Susan Wagner. Dr. Wagner, thank you so much for joining me again. It's my pleasure to be here. I'm really excited about it. Thank you for asking me. So for people that maybe don't know about you or have seen our previous interviews, um, tell me a little bit, tell our viewers and readers and listeners a little bit about, you've had a colorful and really prosperous and happy career in terms of helping animals recover their health. How did you, how did, how did your career include integrative medicine because that's something that obviously you didn't learn about in veterinary school boy isn't that the truth
1: um, and i tell you know i always tell my students and um, in the younger generation that um, you know they can come into it because they're interested they've heard about it someplace else um, those of us that are a little older we came into it we have a story um, and so mine is that i was just getting ready to do my neurology residency and I wasn't feeling well, and I got diagnosed with fibromyalgia, chronic fatigue, whatever those things are. Um, so of course, I did the really healthy thing and went into this grueling residency. Uh, so, so you can imagine I was, I was feeling it. And then a really good friend of mine, resident mate, got me a gift certificate to cranial sacral therapy. And anybody listening out there that's had it done knows, oh yeah, that's great. And at the time I thought, what is this? You know, I am a scientist and what is this stuff? But she was so kind and she paid for it. And I thought, I'm just going to go and get this done and experience this and have some gratitude. So of course, you can imagine it worked. And um, I... It got me through the residency. I still see that practitioner today, and that was back in the early 90s. Uh, And so as I was experiencing this, and I knew it worked, then that curiosity started, you know, because we always want to maintain some type of curiosity. I don't like the word skepticism, I like curiosity. Uh, So then I started on a journey of, well, how did that work? What's that all about? And that's what led me to Healing Touch for Animals and other energy modalities. And then just, I've spent that time since the 90s till now, still trying to learn more and more about different therapies and how they work and, and teaching and speaking about how they've helped me and how they've helped my patients.
0: I I love that story for so many reasons, but one of them is because as a specialist, especially when you were going to hone your skills as a neurologist, you doing cranial sacral, which still to this day, I think many conventional practitioners may say fringe or what, the fact that you were open-minded enough as a trained professional to try something that maybe you didn't learn about in any of your formal medical education, I think is fantastic. And I think it's that desire, that desire to continue learning and evaluating your, the curiosity aspect. I think it's really important to maintain an open mind. But the other thing is that you were, your body was desperate. You know, you had some physical symptoms that were probably getting worse, not better. So I think oftentimes desperation brings many of us to a point of, Being forced to open our minds because regular things aren't working. So, you had kind of both of those things going on. But then, talk to me a little bit about it had to be incredibly difficult going through residency not feeling good. And that had to put you in a high risk for burnout, uh, I would assume. I mean, if you're physically not feeling well, it's hard to give to others when you yourself are running on empty.
1: Yeah. And, you know, that's, that is so true. And, I felt like I got through the residency pretty well Um, and then it was, you know, later in, I stayed in academia a little bit and then I went into private practice and um, it was incredibly grueling, you know, because there was just a couple of us and we were doing everything and, you know, a 14 to 16 hour day and I'm I'm not exaggerating. That was, that was a normal work day, you know, Um, so then it really took its toll. And so I remember the first time I went to a compassion fatigue lecture um, and they were listing all the symptoms and I thought, oh, check, 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 double check. I I know what's going on here. So it does take a toll. And I think the more that we're aware of it, and thank goodness we're talking about it more now, um, and thank goodness I had the complementary therapies to help because I had just the best medical care. My family practitioner, she's just awesome. And she sent me to specialists and they thought I had MS. And I mean, everybody in the conventional world were, was right there to help and they couldn't. There, there wasn't anything to do. I couldn't take any of the conventional medications, just forget it, my body didn't handle them and, and function. So, you know, again, you have to be open-minded, but oftentimes it's a matter of, yeah, we get this push. And, and again, as I've grown and learned more, I try to look at those pushes as, all right, maybe there's nothing wrong. You know, we spend our whole lives and our career and like, what's wrong here? What's wrong here? But we're trained to look at what's wrong, right, and fix it. Well, sometimes it's, it's wrong because it's a push because we need to go a different direction. And so I think that's important. The further along you get into your career, whether it's in as a veterinarian or, or a technician or whatever you're doing, if things aren't going well, yes, we do all the self-care and all of that, but we also have to look at maybe it's time to, to transform. Maybe it's time to move into something different. Um, that's okay. That's not a failure. that's That is life. That's evolution. That's learning. That's being a good scientist.
0: Well, and I think sometimes when life forces us to take a left or a right, mm-hmm. uh, when you have to make a decision, oftentimes it's turning that corner that actually opens up so many new opportunities that we would not have had if we had stayed the course that we thought was best, of course. So in your situation, you were introduced to this kind of unique and wonderfully strange, bizarre modality early on. When I say bizarre, something that maybe some people have never even heard of. of Right, right. And then out of that, your curiosity I'm sure was piqued and you were interested in learning about other, other types of, of healing. Did you go on to get additional training, Dr. Wagner? Did you, did you do a lot of reading? How did you begin incorporating Things you didn't learn in veterinary school into private practice.
1: Yes, I. You have to really be motivated to go out and see what's out there. Um, and so the first thing I found was the healing touch for animals, which is an energy medicine modality. Um, which of course, still today, energy medicine is misunderstood. You know, people will say, "Well, there's no research," and I say, oh, "And when was the last time you looked?" And never. <laughs> And yet there's fantastic research coming out. It's really exciting. Um, And that's where I started Healing Touch for Animals. And I remember my first workshop and Carol Commodore, the founder had this really bouncy Springer Spaniel. And you know how they are. Every vet knows that. And she had this dog on her lap and she was talking to us, but she just had her hands on the dog and within minutes, This dog just relaxed, took a deep breath and chilled. I'm looking for the syringe. I'm like, she drugged him. There's no way
0: that happens. There's a quaalude involved here somewhere, right? Exactly. There's something, you know, shaky here. And then when
1: I realized, my gosh, she didn't, I thought, I have to learn this and I have to learn how it works. And, you know, let's face it, in neurology, we have a lot of difficult patients And I thought, I have to bring this into my world. Um, And then from there, it was learning other types of, I still call it sound and vibrational medicine. You know, I was lucky enough to help with the Through a Dog's Ear project on music and sound, and then learning about tuning forks. So it's all, um, you know, you have to go out and look and see what resonates with you, no pun intended, what you're interested in and then follow that. Um, And then I kind of got into, uh, through Healing Touch for Animals, introduced to essential oils, which are just fantastic from the botanical standpoint and the energy standpoint, Um, and trying to learn about nutrition and read your work and everything you've done to help us understand how to better feed ourselves and our pets. Um, And lately in the past year, I've really become fascinated with the endocannabinoid system and how phytocannabinoids help that and how lifestyle changes help that. And I kind of see that as a physiologic energy system. So, you know, you don't have to worry about being overwhelmed. There's so much out there, you know, that wasn't there when I started. Um, It's just a matter like anything else, what interests you and that's what you follow because that's what you're going to be good at. You know, if somebody had said to me, okay, Sue, you're, you can't be a neurologist. You're going to be, um, a cardiologist. I probably wouldn't have gone so well. A, I don't hear so well through the stethoscope and that's not my passion. So you follow your passion. It's very simple. Um, and now the veterinary schools are, you know, they're stepping up. Um, it was back in 2007, the department chair came to me and said, would you teach a class? The students want this. And I thought, man, this is fantastic. I was very grateful that he was open to that. He listened to the students and this class is still going. It's an introduction to veterinary integrative medicine. So, you know, so things are evolving and changing. It's just, it's wonderful.
0: It's, it's so inspiring to me. And what's what I'm so thankful for is, you know, we now have integrative veterinary cardiologists and integrative veterinary oncologists and integrative veterinary neurologists. Right, it's right. Very exciting. So what have what what have your professional colleagues? I'm so thankful that the the college sees the value in the course that you're teaching. Have you had some pushback for colleagues from colleagues, or would you say that generally speaking, they're more intrigued or inquisitive about what you're doing? I think it's,
1: it's both, you know, you definitely have the folks who are very, no, this just, they won't look at it, they won't read, but yet they shut it down. And that that's a challenge. And I think that that makes us understand um, how to communicate better, how to maintain our level of confidence, how to speak about it um, without backing down. You know, (laughs) there was one professor who would tell the, you know, most of my students were second and third year vet students. He was a first taught them first year and he would say this stuff is all crazy. And I'm like, I'm trying to (laughs) try to teach here. So there was that pushback and there still is that people that don't understand it, they won't read about it, they only know what's in their world. And what I will say to them is the basis of science is observation. You can't make a hypothesis, you can't test it and retest it and confirm it if you don't see it first. And so I do think those people are still out there, okay. Um, that's just part of the deal and yet there are so many others that are so open to it and want to learn and want to support you whether it's in the academic world or the private practice world they are there and they're making a huge difference whether they ever study it or not and so I'm very grateful for them there was one faculty person that you know (laughs) He, God bless him. I, I love him dearly and he would kind of, he ran ICU and I would want to come in and do some energy work on my patients. And so he would have rounds and then you get everybody out of ICU so he could teach the students and then he kind of opened the door, and I'd come in, and they'd be, "What's Dr. Wagner doing?" And it was like, you know, pay no attention to that man behind the curtain. <laughs> so, so those that support system is there, and I know sometimes we feel whether we're in burnout, whether we're in a field that people don't understand, that we feel like the support's not there because we get this pushback, and so yeah we get the push back we got to feel it we got to stand up and we have to know that that support is there uh, they they're out there and and be grateful for them
0: you know i feel like in the last 10 years it's it's a shift in percentages or to shift in in the number of people moving from criticism to skepticism to being interested to yes. truly inquisitive to embracing something new and i feel yes. like the the number of supportive colleagues we have across the board even with integrative nutrition it's yes. coming. it's coming yes. and i think part of it is the older we all get it's quite humbling to realize how much more there is to learn and the best place to learn is from colleagues who are passionate about their particular path and doing it exceptionally well with an open mind and so you're providing this fantastic avenue of integrative neurology with all of your resources that is quite intriguing uh, to the people around you. And of course, you're going to get those skeptics now and then. And like you said, those skeptics help us hone our conversation better, choose our words better, gives us a good test in patience, right? And, and loving people where they're at the, in their narrow minded perspective. <laughs> All right. sorts of challenges we have with our colleagues. But it's quite inspiring the fact that you are in a teaching position and you are role modeling for others, this vast knowledge that you have learned beyond your conventional education. So Dr. Wagner, I know that as a perpetual learner, you're always learning. I know that you're teaching quite a bit. What else are you, what direction or what are you focusing on now uh, professionally? Are you, do you have any new inspirations that you're working on or learning about? yes there there
1: are and they're they're not so much new but I think finally coming to a place where they're sort of grounding and and that's because the folks coming up the younger ones are taking the reins so I was the leader of the integrative elective and I kept asking come on bring because I'm adjunct you know I'm not there full time give me the person who can anchor this and lo and behold here's this wonderful young equine faculty who is full-time she's taken over the class i get to pop in and teach but there's the gift. There it is. Same thing in the specialty world. You know, those people that are supportive. I called the med vet where I used to work and called the CEO and said, hey, you want to talk? And here's a person, you know, in charge of this huge specialty practice who was open to starting an integrative medicine center. So those are the really people that that we need to be grateful for. So that blossomed, that happened, and the younger folks are taking it over. So now, you know, again, it's not a failure. It's like, all right, it's time to move on. So what I've been noticing um, over the last 15 years or so um, is, as I started looking at life from an energy perspective, not just energy medicine, but I started looking at patterns and that's one thing I've always been pretty good at seeing patterns uh, except for my own which you know th- those are hard <laughs> so that's always hard right say, the
0: hardest, I- the hardest yes. yeah
1: um, so I really began to read and and embrace the fact that everything is energy everything's quantum that the life as we think we know it really isn't And so, um, I started reading Nikola Tesla's work just because I grew up learning about him from the time I was a little girl because he's a distant relative by marriage. So, so I knew about him from the time I was two and And so I was reading about his theory of magnetic resonance at a time when I was repeating this pattern, like, what is this? And this light bulb went on. And his theory was, if you put an oscillating device on the beam of a skyscraper or a building, just gently that, you know, eventually it resonates and entrains and it works with the, the beam of the building. And engineers know everything vibrates, right? So in given time, his theory was that it would just get bigger and bigger and eventually the building would crumble. And it's the same principle of how a opera singer um, shatters a crystal glass, right? That frequency is so intense and it resonates with it and the glass can't handle it and poof. And I thought, what if something happens to us, and then it links into our energy field and just keeps coming back and coming back and coming back. And so when you start looking at it, it's right there. And and then I started realizing how animals fit into that. So what I started seeing was the animal was reflecting the patterns of their, their humans, Um, and you know, it's not like we're making them sick. It's nothing like that. It's walking this life together. And so that's what I started seeing. And at first I thought I was okay, I I'm done, you know, I, I've worked too hard, but, but again, I was just at least the animals forced me to see it. And once you see it, it's like anything else, you can't not see it. So now I'm really passionate about teaching about that, about how animals reflect humans, whether it's our pets, whether it's wildlife, whether it's happening in the planet. It's all a reflection of things that we need to see, not from a negative or judgment but just from a place of okay how are we evolving how are we learning um and that can make just a huge difference when you take the emotion out of it and just look at it like a frequency all right what what's the wisdom here what do i need to know and how do i work through this i think that's life
0: Super fascinating. So, Sue, if people wanted to, are you, are you offering courses online or are you doing primarily in-person seminars? Or if people wanted to learn more about what you're, what you're teaching, how would they go about doing that? That will be coming soon. I was
1: doing a lot, um, a few in-person retreats. I love that, you know, get together for a weekend and go over all these things. And, you know, the group gets together and they become their own energy and they help each other figure it out. So um, now it's a little bit different time, which actually is perfect. So I'm working on actually a course with this, a book, um, gonna teach, hopefully get out there and teach some things virtually. Um, And the other piece of it is what I found um, was shown to me is that horses are fantastic at this. And so I was really, really grateful to have some horses show this to me. So that's a little hard to do virtually. Um, uh, So I'm looking forward to a time when that can reopen because the horses, you know, a lot of people that do equine work, therapy work, a lot of them get it. They get that the horse is doing the work um, and they just have to watch. Others use the horse as a tool. and <laughs> I always chuckle. I'm like, you know, who's doing the work? Um, so I'm very grateful. I'm not using them. They're using me. Um, so what I see and communicate to the group helps them understand what those obstacles are, what those patterns are. So I'm looking forward to that reopening at the time that it's supposed to reopen. But in the meantime, I'm finishing the book, getting a class together and then it'll be out there. So um, we'll figure a way of getting it out. So people know how to, to um, sign up and do this. And really it's just a matter of, you know, if I leave them with one thing, it's just a matter of observe and don't be afraid to see these things. You know, the saying, what you resist persists. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's just that tap or this or this because, you know, yeah, wake up. So it's sort of like the fibromyalgia. It's like, okay, you know, it's a little one, then a bigger one, then all right. At what point are you going to wake up and see this? There's nothing wrong. So you look at it, you come back to a very peaceful place. That's all frequency. That's all energy medicine. So teaching people just how to come to a peaceful place, Think of something, you know, very calming. That's sort of like picking up a cell phone and being on the correct network. So when you come to that calm place, a peaceful place, whatever you have to do to get there, whatever you think about. And then if you have a dilemma, your obstacle your patterns come back or just, and I guarantee you any dilemma you have is related to that pattern. You just might not see it yet. But just take that dilemma as if you were putting it into that frequency um because that's the frequency it's this quantum world it's connected to our intuitive side so we might think of something creatively that we wouldn't have thought about before or all of a sudden the help shows up or we run into somebody or you know how that is you're thinking about somebody and the phone rings or you know i've had dilemmas and i you know i just put them in there throw them out there. Okay. Use a little help here. And then a friend will walk up and with the book and say, you know, you really need to read this book now right there in the book is the answer to the question. So they can start the process. Now just being calm, spending a little quiet time. Doesn't have to be a lot asking for clarity and just being willing to see it and know that there's nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong.
0: Your words, I don't think could come at a more opportune time with the what many people would assume is wild unrest and all this uncertainty. And there's a lot of people having profound problems being grounded and getting to a place of being peaceful or having a peaceful spirit that you as a trained medical professional, helping people come to this place, I believe is one of the best gifts you can give humans because that energy permeates the whole home it travels down the leash it allows pet guardians to to be their their best version for everything that they are caring for whether it's a two-legged child or a four-legged child giving people these tools sue is such a beautiful gift because it helps them become the best version of themselves and i think a lot of times we all we all need help with that and you as a teacher you're doing that and i i love that and i love that that's the next step of what you're doing as a professional so i appreciate that that you are moving down the energetic path of not only educating yourself and figuring this out and growing and evolving as a human but then coming back and training those around you and supporting those around you it's wonderful so i'm looking forward to checking in in the future to see how this project unfolds it's really exciting and I think certainly very necessary. So if you could give one thought or tidbit or a word of a word of inspiration to pet parents and veterinarians around the world, what would you share with them?
1: I think it would be especially for pet parents, take care of yourself. Mm-hmm. you know I realize this. It's working with people to understand things. However, it's, it's the most holistic version of veterinary medicine because if the folks can heal, if humanity can heal, the animals are going to be fine. So take care of yourself. Know that there's nothing wrong. Do what you need to do um, to learn and to grow, and, and that will help your pet, I promise you. I promise you it will. And then for those in our profession, also, you know, there's nothing wrong. If you're coming up against things that are overwhelming, um, go into that place and just keep asking for that wisdom. It's not about learning lessons or things that are wrong. Just keep asking what, what's the wisdom here? What do I need to know? Um, And know that the, the support is there and that, as we stay in this really, really grounded as best you can, I, I know it's difficult times, but the more we can go into that sort of grounded place and ask for help, it, it is more likely that the help will come or that we'll be creative and come up with a solution ourselves. So it's, it's take a little bit of time. and It doesn't have to be a lot to just stay in that peaceful place. Um, And, you know, I know this and there are plenty of times when I go, ah, you know, Oh my gosh, you know, right. And that's okay. It's just having awareness of it and going, all right. All right. I got this, you know, the help is going to come and um, stay there versus going into, Oh, woe is me? What am I going to do? Nobody gets it. You know, that's an easy place to go. Yeah. We will all being there. Yeah, um, it is. It's okay if you find yourself there, but just bring yourself back. Yeah. And, yeah. and if you need to talk to a professional, you know, that's why people were out there to help each other, right? There's, it's not wrong to talk to a professional. It's not wrong to talk to a spiritual advisor. That doesn't mean we're weak. it means we're strong. Yes. So let's do what we need to do. Um, Cause we're all in this together. Yeah.
0: Beautiful advice. Um, advice full of wisdom, and I think really very appropriately timed advice. So once again, I appreciate all that you're doing to support our the animal kingdom, but also to support the the people that are so passionate about caring for animals that also need support and guidance when it comes to being the best versions of themselves in a place where they're capable of caring, not just for everything around them, but truly caring for themselves as well. And I appreciate you being passionate enough to make this your next endeavor and focus. So thank you for everything that you're doing, Sue. Oh, thank you. Thanks for everything you're doing. I really appreciate it.